Welcome to Your Social Anxiety Bestie. I'm Sadie, and I'm here to share the truth about what it's like to live with social anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed with severe social anxiety and perfectionism in 2018, and since then I've been nerding out on all things anxiety and healing. My goal is to help you feel less alone and give you tips to face your own social fears wherever you are on your journey. I hope today's episode reminds you that even though social anxiety is lonely, you are not alone. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, I'm back. You may or may not have noticed that it's been longer than usual since my last episode, um, which just goes to show that I am certainly far from healed and I am not an expert. I am someone who is very much in the trenches of social anxiety because what happened was my anxiety flared up, social anxiety. Um, you know, I did this really cool rebrand from Anxious Creators Unite to your social anxiety bestie and the response was amazing and it felt and still feels so good, so perfectly aligned with what I want to do and where I see this going. And it felt so good that I freaked myself out and shut down completely and could no longer do anything creative. Like I've barely been on Instagram. Yeah. But then today I was interviewed for another podcast. It's called the Stand Up to Anxiety podcast by Lucy. And we talked about social anxiety and friendship. And it just gave me the little validation and conf- um, confidence boost that I needed to get back on here. And um, the episode will be out in the new year and I'll make sure to share it, let you guys know when it comes out. But yeah, so I'm back. I hope you've been well. Um, I've decided that from my own anxiety perspective, it'll be helpful to me to bring more structure to the show. So we're going to try it out today and I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. So feel free to reach out to me. The topic for today is going to be phone calls, phone phobia, phone anxiety, whatever you want to call it, um, the good old phone monster issue, which I think that probably everybody with social anxiety has told me that they share, although I'm sure some people, I'm sure it doesn't apply to everybody, but it seems pretty common, so I thought we would talk about it. It was also one of the proposed topics when I posted that question on Instagram for um, episode suggestions. So I thought I would just start by sharing my own phone fears, kind of what, where I'm at, what I struggle with, and then I'm going to give you some tips on what has helped me and what you might want to try for facing that fear and kind of like chipping away at it. And then I'm going to give you a couple of journal prompts to help work through some of those feelings. Yeah. So, okay. My personal experience with phone calls is, um, in a nutshell, I hate the phone (laughs) a lot. I can make phone calls now. Um, I find it easier to make like business or administrative non-emotional type phone calls, like calling the doctor to make an appointment, calling the dentist to make an appointment, which I didn't even used to be able to do, but I find those things easier because like I'm 34 now, so I've done those things a few times. There's kind of a common way, common script that it tends to follow and there's no big emotions in it. Um, But like if I had to make a confrontational phone call to complain about something, I would just not make that call. I would just avoid it forever which I don't recommend, but I'm just want to be honest with you guys. 
Um, and then answering the phone is a whole other thing. I, it's like I have a physical block when it comes to answering the phone. I can answer the phone if it's my husband. And that's about it. Or if I know why, like if we order pizza and then I see that it's pizza, pizza calling and I'm like, they're probably just confirming my order or something, then I will answer. Or if it's the kid's school, I will absolutely answer. But otherwise I find myself letting it go to voicemail and then checking. And while they're leaving a message, if they're leaving a message, I will Google the number. And if it's a private number, then I will just simmer internally. Why? Why would you, why would you call me from a private number? How am I supposed to creep on you? How am I supposed to know who you are? Anyway, (laughs) so I was trying to think like, okay, if I'm going to give them specifics, what are my top three fears? And I don't know if these are, these are not the only fears, but here are three of my fears. One is that if I'm on the phone with someone, I have no control over the situation because once I'm in a social situation, I feel like all my um, personal power and control just dissolves into a puddly mush of mashed potato people pleasing. So I'm worried that I will, I will agree to things that I do not want to do, like commit to things or agree to things or just anything because social anxiety. Um, another one that I am afraid of is not being able to get out of the phone call. Like I, there's no non-stressful way for me to end a phone call. I feel like I'm abandoning the other person or if they want to keep talking, but I can't, then I feel really bad. And if they keep talking, but I have to go, then like maybe I'll just end up being late for my thing because I can't bring myself to assertively end the phone call because I care about the other person. Um, But then I'll also be getting annoyed at myself for not being able to do it. So like, yeah, I just want to avoid that whole situation. And the last one is if like, let's say it is somebody that I feel comfortable talking with, like, like my mother-in-law or my dad or something. If I think that I'm going to be overheard by someone else, then I might, I still won't be able to answer the phone call. Like, I would be a lot more likely to call or answer a call from my mom-in-law if my husband is not home because I don't want to be overheard because then like he's only hearing my side of the conversation and it's going to sound so weird. And, you know, if he's there, then I have to have my social mask on for him, which I do a lot less. Like, I don't want this to sound like it's a weird marriage, but social anxiety, you know? But then, like, I also have to have my social mask on for my mom-in-law, which, again, I try not to have, but social anxiety, I'm not 100% me with anybody, even myself, you know? So, like, how am I supposed to juggle two masks? I can't do that. And, yeah. So, those are three of the things that I worry about. I just got a lot more honest than I expected to get, so clearly we have a good relationship. (laughs) All right. I don't know if any of that's relatable. I hope so, and I hope not at the same time, because, like, I don't want to... I don't want to wish struggle on you, but here are some tips. In terms of staying connected with friends, I love voice notes. So in Facebook Messenger and in the Instagram private messenger, you you can send voice notes. Like you just hold down the mic button, you talk, you lift your finger or whatever it is, and then you send it and then they get it at some point. Um, You can also do it with things like WhatsApp, I think, and Voxer. I have a really close friend that... I 
she's basically the only person I use Voxer with. And like, that's how we have our friendship. It's voice notes. And it's really cool because it gives you a chance to talk out loud, like, like humans do. But you control how long you talk, you control when you exit the situation, because you just, there's no other person there yet. Um, you don't have to have your hypervigilance for how the other person is reacting to what you're saying. Like, it's kind of like training wheels, I think, for me, for, for future social interactions and phone calls. And I like it. I feel like it's more personal than than just text messages, although I do that too. And then if they are inclined to send a text, um, a voice note back, then that's awesome too, because I get to hear their voice. And even though I'm too afraid to do it in real time, I still get that connection and it helps me feel closer to them in a way that is manageable to me. So you might like that. Like it, it sounds scary at first and maybe you'll want to do a script at the beginning, like whatever you need to do, even if it's just like, hey, this is a voice note. I know it's awkward, but it's a voice note. Okay, I'm sending it now. Bye. And you just send it. Don't delete it. I mean, if you delete it, don't beat yourself up, but don't delete it. And just try it. You might like it. You never know. With anxiety, you never know. You never know what might just unravel that knot. Okay. Tip number two is if you're trying to chip away at this fear and you're looking for um, exercises, like exposure exercises, you could try safe calls. So numbers that you know will go to straight to voicemail. Like if there's like a customer service line that you know um, is automated and doesn't pick up, you could try just calling. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything, but you get the, you get the experience of dialing the number, hearing it ring, hearing some voice at the other end. And then, I don't know, maybe you hang up, maybe you leave a message. Um, Or you could have a safe phone answer. So for example, like with my husband, if I want to practice answering the phone in public, I could be like, hey, can you just call me right now? It's going to be super awkward and um, I don't want to do it, but I need to practice. Or, hey, friend, whatever your friend's name is, can you call me? And we'll just talk for like two minutes and then get off, but I just need to practice. And like, if you specify that it's two minutes, then you have that exit before you get completely exhausted and depleted. And like, hope, like pick a person that you know will go along with this without making you feel bad. Um, tip number three is um, have go-to phrases, like practice them or write them down somewhere for when your mind will inevitably go blank because that happens sometimes um, or, or more than sometimes, like you get the brain fog or the mind blank. That's common with social anxiety as far as I understand it. It happens to me. Um, But if you have a filler phrase that you can go to, like, oh, I lost my train of thought, or, oh, you know, I totally forgot what you asked, or that's a good question. I'll need some time to think about it, though, because, like, off the top of my head, I, I, you know, I can't get the full answer, or something like that. Think of a few things that you could naturally insert, and that way you don't get that moment of panic when you're like, I can't think, I can't think, I can't think, I can't think, and then the more you think that you can't think, the less you can think, you know? Um, I find that helpful. So those are the three tips. Voice notes, safe calls, and go-to filler phrases. All right. The next section, as I envision the podcast going in the future, is for there to be prompts, like journal prompts or affirmations. And today I have three prompts about the phone. So the first one is, 
uh, you would start your sentence, the scariest thing about talking on the phone is, and then you just free write whatever comes out. You can do this multiple times because like different things might come out. You don't have to show anybody. You don't have to do anything with it. Just get it out. The next prompt is, if my best friend were too afraid to talk on the phone, I would tell them. And the reason for this one is that it activates that best friend technique because it's often a lot easier for us to give advice and encouragement to someone we care about than it is to ourselves. And, you know, that, that sucks that we can't do that for ourselves, but that's just, that's just how people are. It's easier to give advice to people we love and support to people we love. So, so try that. What advice would you give to your friend? And then um, take that advice. <laughs> and then the, the last one is the next time I have to make a phone, a, a phone call, I could try and then just think of an idea. Think of it like an experiment. Like, all right, I'm going to have a social phone phobia experiment, and this is what I'm going to try, and I'm just going to see how it goes. And if it sucks, cool. Experiments suck sometimes. It doesn't say anything about me as a person. So those are the prompts. The scariest thing about talking on the phone is, if my best friend were too afraid to talk on the phone, I would tell them, and the next time I have to make a call, I could try. Maybe I should put these in the show notes. I'll put these in the show notes. I feel so cool saying show notes. I'm going to put these in the show notes because I have a show that has notes. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of, of the content. Um, and then I, I listen to this uh, podcast and I watch this YouTube channel called Clutterbug. And she does this really cool thing where after the main content, she has a little transition. And then it's like, for those of you, thank you so much for those of you who have stayed to the end. And then she just tells a completely ad lib random story from her life. And I really like it. So I'm going to try it. So I'm going to roll the outro now. And if you are so inclined to stick around until after the outro, you will hear a story about duck butts. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And I hope you found it helpful. Anxiety thrives on avoidance. And we can take back our power by just showing up like you did today. Remember that you're probably underestimating how strong and wonderful you are, and you're probably overestimating how perfect and put together other people are. So show up scared. Show up imperfect. Just show up. And while you're at it, come find me on Instagram at your social anxiety bestie so we can be awkward together. So duck butts. Um, I have a daughter. She's four. Her name's Olivia. And she loves these duck bath toys, like rubber duckies. But the thing with rubber duckies is that they suck in water and then it's really hard to get it out. So they're, they get moldy. This happens with lots of bath toys. So what I do is cut the bottom out of the duck, the sucky part. Basically, it's like I cut their butts out. That's what, that's what they like to say, the butts of their tummies. That's what the kids say. So yeah, so we've got this family of five ducks that, that has no butt or no tummy. And last night in the bath, Olivia was playing with them and she started shoving the head of one duck into the crevice cavity of the other duck. And I said, oh, what you doing there? And she said, I'm cleaning him. And I said, you're cleaning the duck in the butt of the other duck? And she said, yeah, it's full of toothbrushes. I said, the duck's butt is full of toothbrushes and that's how we clean the other duck's face. Yeah. And then she switched them around and had had the other duck stick its head into the other duck's butt and the, the, 
this way around worked less well because this was a smaller duck and the other duck had a big head. So it was more like a jamming action. Anyway, the moral of the story is kids think in fascinating ways. And apparently my rubber duckies are full of invisible butt toothbrushes. I'm going to leave you with, with that. Bye.